Hey. Oh, it's hot. Hello. That was me being Oprah. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say, wait, so am I Gail? Oh, she has great arms. You are my, you're my beautiful Gail, but also my Stedman. <laughs> oh, Stedman. He's living his best life. I honestly, I wish I was Oprah's partner. Yeah, I would not. Yeah, because that's, that's what she calls. Stedman is a, a straight up partner. Like he does his job. He goes, he fluffs her up, you know. He minds his fucking business. <laughs> you never see Stedman in the news. Stedman is never in the fucking news. Honestly, I, I love that about him. Stedman's probably just at home taking care of her dogs and polishing her shoes. And I think that that is the ideal partner. Yeah, like he mind his fucking business. He know damn well he ain't got no business talking to nobody about nothing. You know, Oprah told him, don't talk, don't talk to nobody, don't talk shit about me to nobody. I don't care if it's good, bad, or indifferent. You just stay home. He's like, okay. I'm fine with that. I know. Is Stedman, do we know? Is Stedman a lot out of the house? <laughs> he, might, he might not be a lot out of the house. I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know. He probably, he's probably living. He's good. He, she feeds him three times a day. You know, he, gets, he, gets, he, gets, he gets taken care of. <laughs> he gets three hots in a cot. <laughs> and then Gail just comes by every now and again and like just... You good, Stedman? All right, I'm gonna go, we're gonna go out to dinner. She's like, you Stedman, Stedman, leftovers. you know you're not allowed off the palace grounds, Stedman, so <laughs> I'm gonna need you to go back inside the fence. <laughs> He's like a geriatric patient, He's like in a robe. <laughs> like, Stedman, honey, it's time for your nap. I have no idea. Stedman could be a very nice man. Oh, he seems wonderful. <laughs> He's a very like. I didn't. I didn't come here today with the goal of dragging Stedman. Just sometimes things happen. I wonder if he's on Instagram. Like, oh, I'd follow him. Oh yeah, let's look up Stedman after this. <laughs> so uh, I want to know more about him. <laughs> we're gonna do an in-depth case study on Stedman Green. <laughs> The next episode is <laughs> Stedman Watch. Stedman Watch. Every week we just do Stedman updates. He's still, still, he's still kicking. Uh, well, uh, this is Bros Murder. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> so you know our deal. We do true crime. We do music, and we keep it candid because you know what? It's <laughs> how we live our lives. We're, we're being our authentic selves. Also, I'm just not capable of putting on any kind of front. Oh, no, at all. <laughs> um, should I instill a filter? Probably. Will I? No, I will continue being a mess. And that's just how it is. This is not Fox News, okay? We, just <laughs> <laughs> we are an unpolished turd, but we, we're, we're plucky. We are plucky. And you know what? We've got a lot of grit and a lot of... <laughs> A lot of character. Got a lot of heart. Yeah, there's, there are two characters here. Yeah, we've got a lot of heart. All right, so uh, I, I did my case first last time, so you go first this time. I do want to warn you before we do mine, it's a doozy. It's going to be another Tinder murder, because I know you did a Tinder murder before, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one, too. Oh, shit. So prepare yourselves. It's a gold star. It starts out like kind of strong, so prepare that gut. Okay, there'll there'll be a good juxtaposition here then, because mine is just kind of a short one, but infuriating. Oh, those are the best ones though. <laughs> short and infuriating. Yeah, so this <laughs> it is short, but it will piss you off. Like my ex. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> There's that pluckiness. 
Hey, you know what? In this house, we stand short kings <laughs> and queens. As a short queen, I take offense. <laughs> all right, so let's just. All right, all right, all right. So uh, this starts on June 21st at about 10.30 p.m. And I think this was in 2017 that this happened. Um, This man named Milton Green, who was a black police officer in North St. Louis, was spending time at home with his family. Oh, my God. Is he related to Stepman Green? Huh? Is he related to Stepman Green? (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Stepman. That's like... Okay, that's the six degrees of separation. Like, we're all just six people away from Stedman Green. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit, that's great. The six degrees of Stedman Green. <laughs> God damn it. Stedman just will not stay out of this. Well, he won't go away. I digress. He's everywhere. <laughs> Any- anyways, moving on. So he was a black police officer in North St. Louis, spending time at home with his family. And at one point, he heard kind of commotion outside. Um, So he went to see what was going on, and he brought with him his department-issued weapon. Um, So what had happened was three black teenagers had stolen a car nearby and fled on foot. And officers were chasing behind them and fired shots. So they actually did hit one of those young men in the ankle. But... Green, who had come outside to assist, was ordered to the ground by officers. So he gets on the ground, he drops his weapon. After they recognize him, because he's an 11-year police veteran for the department, they're like, okay, stand up and walk towards us. So he stands up, gets his weapon, and starts walking towards them. He has his badge out. He's like, yeah, he's like giving them a, a description of the suspects, blah, blah, blah. So as he's doing this, another officer arrives on the scene shouts at him to drop his weapon and before he can even like comply he just shoots him what the fuck so yeah so simultaneously as he's dropping his weapon for the second time this guy shoots him um and of course the officer who shot him was white green actually did end up surviving the shooting um and in a lawsuit he filed against the city it said the racial implications of how green has been treated cannot be ignored so we're gonna dive into that but the, the cops just shoot so you each know other the extent, now. Goddamn. I know. I was like, you're not even safe from other cops. But <laughs> so just a little bit about his injuries. Green's arm was irreparably damaged in the shooting. Um, and according to reports, he underwent eight x-rays, emergency surgery, and six months of physical therapy. It God. said he continues to struggle with tingling pain and weakness in his fingers and arm. Um, he can't grab or lift anything with that arm. And it's been two years now, and his pension claim has yet to be adjudicated. Uh, And as the lawsuit explained, it's typical for St. Louis, um, the police department officers injured in the line of duty to quickly have their pension claims heard and granted. However, the process for Officer Green has dragged on. And a pension board meeting that was scheduled in February was rescheduled after the department announced that it was like, oh, we have an unknown second police report about the incident. And the department has refused to provide that report to anyone. Oh, nice. And as Green's attorney explained, yeah, that he said, it's clear the city has been attempting to delay and manipulate their process because they know the statute of limitations on some of these claims expire soon. So they're dragging this thing out so that they don't have to answer for anything that happened, yeah. basically. Um, so the officer responsible for the shooting has faced little to no consequences. He was placed on temporary administrative leave, but obviously is back working now. It's a little vacation. Um, and the, 
yeah, he just had a nice little break. Like, you know, you casually shoot one of your coworkers and uh, get get a few days off, you know? <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> We've all thought about it, <laughs> no, at least. But... <laughs> um, but anyways, the internal affairs investigator in charge of handling the case was the father of the officer's partner. So basically this officer's, I don't want to call him father-in-law because I'm not sure what the situation is, but they're tied to each other. Yeah. So there was never a fair investigation. And the St. Louis Police Officers Union raised $2,000 for the officer responsible for the shooting, but never held a single fundraiser for Green. Um, And Green's lawyer pointed out that the St. Louis Police Officers Association has rallied around white officers who've been accused of violating the rights of citizens. We are both surprised and shocked that Milton, who by all accounts did nothing wrong and whose career was destroyed when he reacted the way a police officer is supposed to react, has received virtually no support compared to these other officers. And Green was his family's primary breadwinner, so he can't work anymore, and he had to set up a GoFundMe to cover basic household expenses. And speaking of the GoFundMe, we'll link that in the show notes. They're still about $10,000 short of their goal. But he's had to apply for disability. Um, According to reports, his wife has left him, and he's just drowning in bills. So he's really been through it, and... I guess his children actually like witnessed him lying on the ground in a pool of his own blood and they they've had to get therapy so this whole family's just gotten yeah this whole family's just gotten completely screwed over because of this but yeah like i said this case is infuriating and i feel like it so perfectly just underlines the hypocrisy of the whole thin blue line philosophy because you can't even be a black cop because you can get shot (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, we have this officer who was injured assisting other officers while off-duty, so he really, you know, could have just ignored the commotion outside. He gets shot by a white officer, and somehow the police union sets up a fundraiser for the perpetrator, but not the victim. Or his family, who needs it. It makes me... Yeah, it makes me so mad, and... To top it all off, at the time of the shooting, the police chief gave a false public statement about what happened, and he said... Um, that Green was injured during an exchange of gunfire between the suspects and the officers. So, basically, he implied that one of the suspects shot him rather than one of his fellow officers. Oh, uh, make, make it make it make sense, Chief. That don't add up. Make it make sense. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh my god. And they've been protecting the officer responsible from the start and just letting Green suffer with, like, no support from his former department. And I'm like, if you are gonna sit here and claim that blue lives matter blah 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 then how come we're just letting it go when officers are literally getting shot by other officers like that's a problem and i am glad that he's alive but like just his quality of life has completely gone down the drain and i'm like if we care so much about our officers why aren't we helping helping this man yeah a a true victim in a line of duty he was off the clock trying to do his job yeah someone who literally probably didn't have to do anything but you know was gonna go help him out it just it makes me so mad and then we why why does this officer who did this need a fundraiser he had a paid like, vacation he still has his job yeah he can still work green cannot so and it, it speaks volume on the community too because the community rallied around the officer who shot him and they really didn't show up money for it. Well, at least that i'm like i don't know i gotta check the gofundme but like he's he doesn't need help he doesn't need to go fund me. He doesn't need any money whatsoever. The victim does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's doing just fine. But anyway, so I thought, why not 
Why don't we all just get pissed off this week? I think a good way to start the weekend oh, yeah. is just with a ball of anger burning in your heart. That's how I like to do things. <laughs> and then you can just drink the pain away. <laughs> and I will help myself to some whiskey later to get through this. But that's fucked. That's really fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me pretty upset. Well, we're going to go into a break and then we're going to go into... The most recent, because there have been several, but this is a suspected Tinder serial killer. A quick break. Open your eyes, what can you see around? Wind of the open sky Over the siren sounds This is a dream Getting the royal scar Holding a diamond blade Throwing it far Holding your breath still You jump the fire We'll just sit and wait Tinder man, it's gonna, you gotta be careful out there. Go take us out. I just like, I've been on probably like 30 Tinder dates in the last 12 months alone, and it is by the grace of God that nothing scary's happened. Yeah, same. And now I'm just like, like I'm re- after this case, I was like, oof, I really need to. <laughs> I know. I'm like, luckily, I am now off all the apps, but 
yeah, like, I, it's just crazy to me. And I'm like, I never even stopped to think that it would be, like, scary to be on them. But I don't know. We'll dive in. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's hear there it. There we go. So now, uh, this started on, but this is also a summertime incident, like yours was, because this happened in July 17th, 2018. Cops found Samantha Stewart just after 9 p.m. Tuesday at her Jamaica Queens home uh, on 154th Road, where she had a traumatic neck and head injury, cops said. The 29-year-old nurse was wrapped in a white sheet on the floor of her bedroom with her teeth knocked out and her tongue hanging out of her mouth. So literally all of her teeth were gone. Uh, Now, the person who found her and called the police, fortunately, says unfortunately, was her 17-year-old younger brother. Uh, His older brother tried calling her around 3 p.m. that Monday, like the day before, but the calls all went to voicemail. Word family members continued to reach out to her until the 17-year-old brother said, screw it, and then went to her house to check up on her. Press that he ran into the home. He took a glimpse at her, like, on the floor and back and obviously realized that she's dead. And then he immediately just turned away went outside and called the cops because he said and i quote i didn't want to see her like that oh poor kid yeah so samantha died of manual strangulation she was strangled to death after being sexually assaulted Uh, the family spoke out she was one of seven children and they all loved her she worked at a uh university hospital she's a registered nurse she was just a really all-around normal chick uh, during the investigation, yeah. they found out that she had been chatting and planned a meetup slash date with a man she met on Tinder. That man was Daniel Drayton, 27-year-old from Connecticut, and the last person to see her alive. So now they're a prime suspect. They have figured out. Of course. Yeah. So they figured out, you know, going through her phone and everything that he used her credit card, her missing credit card, to buy himself a plane ticket to California. So now they're on the hunt for him. So this happened in New York and he just completely went to the other side of the country. So a New York police detective discovered that uh, Daniel had traveled to Southern California after Samantha's death. They had tracked him down to an apartment in North Hollywood and then let the Los Angeles off, like, you know, the cops there in Los Angeles know his location. Mm-hmm. So now a special task force with the LAPD had managed to further track him down to a hotel room in Los Angeles. And when that, when they kind of stormed that room, they found him holding another female captive after he sexually assaulted her. <gasps> yep. Oh my. So he had another victim with him. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they got there in the nick of time because he had her tied up against her will. Uh, prosecutors say that the woman and Drayton had gone on a date previously, like like later on that earlier that morning. They went on a date. They met off Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took him back to his apartment, her apartment, where the attack started, and then he took her to a hotel. Uh, during the assault, he admitted, and this is like he admitted this later on when he was in prison, but that he admitted to choking her in the attempt to kill her, like. He was choking her out, trying to kill her, and she actually faked what her. What the fuck? Yeah, she actually faked her death. So while he's strangling, he she just pretended to die, and that's when he took out his phone and started like taking pictures of her, like as souvenirs and posing with her. And then during that, before he could go any further, cops barged in. So she got saved by like the skin of her teeth. Like, if, <laughs> if the cops didn't come in at that moment, it probably who knows what would have happened. Imagine. Imagine being in that situation. You've literally just had to fake your own death. 
You're just laying there on the ground. You're probably, you're laying there on the ground. Like, this man literally, like, is going to kill me. And then the cops come in and, like, the immense, just, like, I can't even imagine that feeling. She probably was in, like, this horrible shock. Like, <laughs> what the yeah, fuck like, is happening? She had no idea what's even happening. Like, oh, I am so happy that they got there in time. That is, oof. So now I'm going to backtrack a little bit about, like, his history. Because okay. he has a history of violence towards women, which shouldn't be a shocker since he's already, you know, has these two intimate. Like, the, 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 he didn't just snap. This is a buildup. Yeah, yeah. Never. It's never the first time. Yeah. So he had been arrested very recently in June of that same year after an ex-girlfriend accused him of choking her in a park. So choking is kind of his M.O. Don't know why. Uh, a bond was set at $1,000, but on June 5th, the judge actually dropped the bail requirement so he was able to walk free, even though the district attorney urged the judge to reconsider it because he shouldn't be allowed home because he's dangerous and just checked out his girlfriend. But the judge still let him go walk. Uh, Dayton was arrested at least... Oh my God. Of of course, of course, because that's how it always goes. They're like, oh. Um, yeah, he'll be fine. But that was in New a York. Woman? Yeah. Yeah. So that was in New York, but in Connecticut, he was at least arrested five times. But for some reason, there's a clerical error, actually. So that paperwork and stuff from his previous arrest never made it to the New York. They never made it to the judge. So the judge didn't see all the previous arrests, mm -hmm. even though there was some. Someone said, like, nobody dropped it off and someone just lost the paperwork. So. There's technically like no evidence on paper of his, of his previous arrest. So the judge just kind of let him walk, even though everyone said he's a danger to let him do this. And uh, one of those, yeah, one of those five in Connecticut was also a alleged strangulation in 2011. So again, he has an MO over the strangling woman. Are you kidding me? And to add a little bit more salt in a wound, he killed Samantha two weeks after he was released from this from by this judge. Oh my god and then at that point you can see a pattern mm -hmm. you already know this guy's gonna do it again and it's probably is gonna escalate and you're just gonna let him go what is wrong with the system and ex it's like exactly two weeks later samantha was murdered because like if you would have just let you would have kept him on on their bail in jail she would still be alive so uh right. yeah <laughs> just that judge needs to be ousted immediately like how do you have a job and how do you live with yourself knowing that that's like on your hands? That was your fault. You could have stopped that. <laughs> yeah. So now Daniel was also already on the New York City police radar in connection not only with Samantha's murder, but with a reported rape, which occurred in a neighborhood in Brooklyn in that June. So juxtaposed to the already five arrests he has in Connecticut, one strangulation, his ex-girlfriend that he strangled in a park He's connected to a rape in the same neighborhood that he killed Samantha in. The victim told police that they too also met up on Tinder and he immediately started choking her. And when she asked to leave, he then raped her and then beat her. So the detective, detective explained that the DNA evidence, uh, but from both the Samantha case and then this woman's case, the one who's who lived, they uh, matched up and they already had his name like kind of locked in. They're going to investigate him. And then they already kind of fled. He already fled. So like they already they were going to already ready for the you know precious charges against them when he killed Samantha and then fled. Yeah. And uh oh. they're saying that the, you know the common denominator obviously of all these cases is that he was doing this through Tinder. 
and that he would meet up with these women and victimize them. And police are encouraging because they say he, he he has to have more victims out there, and some people just aren't coming forward, which makes sense because yeah. like it's messy and horrible, and no one really wants to address that, especially if you, you know, it's if you were sexually assaulted, it's fucking a lot. So some people well, and also if someone has behaved that way towards you and already displayed that level of violence, like I'm sure it would be scary as hell to say something knowing that last time someone spoke up, they still let him walk around free. So like, how do you know there's not going to be retaliation against you? Of course, you wouldn't feel safe saying anything. And uh, so now he's uh, he's being charged with attempted murder, forcible rape, uh, sexual penetration with a foreign object, false imprisonment. And he's just sitting in jail. Well, he was. Well, he's currently sitting in jail with a one point twenty five billion dollar case, like a uh, bond. And they're building a big case against him, but it's slow moving because he he's saying that he's crazy. So he's telling reporters and telling judges like that. He's saying that he didn't want to kill her. The voices in his head told him to do it. He's a passenger in his own body. Uh, to quote, he said they use direct energy weapons to control my mind. And he's claiming that he's a paranoid schizophrenic with bipolar disorder. Uh, he told... Um, okay, so just a note on that, because we've been studying, um, you know, the insanity defense in my classes, and it's very, very hard to get that defense, like, for it to be plausible. But I wonder, so if that's the case, and that's what he's claiming, like... Does the jail he was locked in have anything to back that up? Because there had to have been psychiatrists. Like, you well, yeah. would have to display a very prominent history to get away with that. So they did a, uh, with, with those claims he was making about himself, they did do a, uh, what is it called? A, con- a, com- a competency hearing. And the oh, okay. initial competency hearing, he was felt incompetent. And then they tried to, like, redo it again. And after doing it again, it was reinstated that he was still found incompetent. So, and the judge is saying that she doesn't want to move forward until he can be found competent. And then people on the other side are saying that he's making all these admissions. Like he's admitting to assaulting several different women. He's admitting that he has all these things on his phones and all these souvenirs. So they're like, he's te- giving us all this information about all these other cases. So he must be competent enough to stand trial for them and help us get, you know, find these bodies, find these people. So these families can get closure. Yeah. And right now the judge is just like, no, we're going to wait. So it's still, they're still just kind of on a back burner well, right and now. And the thing is, it's also premeditated. Like, it's not like in that moment you snapped or something. It's like, clearly you were seeking people out to do this too. And we're getting some level of pleasure out of it. Mm. Well, I hope that he's found competent to stand trial. Yeah. Hey, right now he's facing 23 to life right now. Well, and that's for just the one that's for Samantha's and, uh, they're still trying to pull more information out of him on the other women he's claiming, but he's claiming several. Mm-hmm. So if he's if he did kill several women, then he is a genuine serial killer because his mo seems to be yeah. black women that he strangles on for him he's on Tinder, which is horrifying. That is just <laughs> it is horrifying, and not that everyone should walk around being scared all the time. There's no way to live. Like yeah. I don't think that at all, but. Yeah, man, it is something to keep in mind. Like, you really never do know who you're meeting. Like, oh, no, there was a girl here a couple months ago who went missing. And the last person who'd seen her was, like, an Uber driver. And he's like, oh, yeah, I 
dropped her off at this park at like 3 a.m. And she got in some guy's car and like hadn't been heard from since. So it turns out I think this was a guy she'd met on a dating app who like, like he murdered her and then tried to burn her body in his backyard. And like, oh, Jesus Christ. Again, we shouldn't all be scared. But like, I do think it's something to keep in mind is like you, you really do never know these people. And I don't know, like. It is hard to think about because who hasn't gone on a Tinder date and like on a fly? Yeah, I don't know. Just like, oh, let's hang out at my house and watch movies or something like that. And it does seem harmless. But then, like, you never know what could happen. It could have, it could have, yeah, and it could have scary. Turned. Yeah. And I think in the New York Times, they actually reached out to Tinder because there has been like there's I, think I was reading an article. There's been like four or five incidents of like suspected serial killers on tinder like people who have done crimes like this repeatedly to the same type of people so you know serial offenders and tinder didn't comment back and they, they had to like call them out on that but like, what do you expect them to really say like they're they have all these different you know safe gates and stuff like that within the app but at the end of the day people gotta really just look out for themselves when it comes to dating that's just a, any situation like meet somebody at a bar you still gotta be wary for yourself because you never know Yeah, I don't know. I would be curious to see if something like that or enough cases like this would start to warrant some kind of extra layer. Yeah, like I don't know a background check quite, but like having to pass some kind of thing to even get on those apps. It's the same with like you also are hearing all these cases now about Lyft drivers and Uber drivers. Yeah, that's why doing all this crazy stuff because those people. And it's like why are we letting these people? Yeah, with these violent pasts, hold these jobs. Like it's scary. Yeah, because they have access to so many people. Yeah, exactly. And this was like one of two like Tinder serial cases that I was going to cover. This would have more information. Uh, maybe I'll cover the next one next time because it just it was still like developing because it was like more recent. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to hear it. Um, It just it's interesting to see how with technology crimes have kind of evolved and like how the methods for finding victims is changing and adapting it's it's like hard to see yeah it's and very disturbing to it, watch yeah. the development especially for people like in our weird age group where we know we, we know the time without all of this and then we know it afterwards so it's like you see how the times are literally just changing so now it's not people getting picked up at bars and murdered it's like no it's happening on like bumble and tinder because that's where dating has turned into yeah i just I don't know. And I mean, maybe that's better-ish. Like, it's not good that this is happening, but because it leaves some kind of trail. Yeah, it makes it easier like, for people to like, oh, I know that she went on a date with someone from Tinder. So now they can just like go into your account and then lick all the correspondences. But still, it just... Yeah. And then, oh, I was watching this insane documentary on YouTube about like this incel dude who would catfish women. So he'll pretend to be like a model on Tinder and then just to meet up with him in person mm-hmm. and then he'll like film the reactions to like meeting him and like call him out and he didn't understand why he's like, oh they're acting like this because they're all bitches and he's like no because you catfished them and you could have been anybody and they're just now they're just now realizing that that you could have you could easily just like try to fucking murder them <laughs> exactly and that's and that's like a you think about it like that that is scary it's terrifying I, I yeah I don't even know what to say like obviously you need to like live your life and we shouldn't have to live in fear but at the same time it's like a cancel tinder <laughs> shut it down or at least like facetime before you hang out and like go meet somewhere really public yeah i definitely think that but then it's scary 
if they like establish a pattern or like kind of a repertoire and it's like oh we hung out a couple times he's cool and then bam yeah you just i guess the moral of the story is you just never know about anybody this this is a dark episode (laughs) unknowingly dark well we made it to the end and I feel like we we're better. We're, I feel like Stedman would be proud of us because, you know, we survived it. <laughs> we came out. <laughs> if Stedman could see the people that we're becoming and the way that we're growing. He would. <sighs> I don't know. Do you think Stedman could get us in on Super Soul Sunday? Honestly, I feel like he could. I feel Do like, you think he'd like put in a good word for us? I feel like he'll be laying in bed with Oprah. They'll be like reading their little books together there. And he'll like, hey, Oprah. You know, I got these two friends I made on Instagram. <laughs> they should be on the next episode of, uh, what's that drama they have on OWN Network? Like Young and the Restless or something like that. Wait, what is it? She has like some Tyler Perry drama on her TV network. It's like a huge hit. I just can't think of the name right now. But I feel like if we get in with getting good with Stedman, he'll get us in on like an episode. <laughs> Stedman, we could just do like a quick cameo, plug the podcast. Yeah. like <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I just want to meet her. I just, I things are really looking up for us. Yeah, we'll get the we'll get the fillers out. We'll try to get in touch with Stedman and his people. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> but I do, you know what? You should hashtag. Oh, man. We should get this uh, get this trending. Hashtag six degrees from Stedman Green. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, the six degrees of Stedman. <laughs> also, hashtag Stedman Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so make sure you get that uh, trending on Twitter and stuff like that, where you can find us at Murder Bra, Facebook at Bras of Murder, Instagram at Bras of Murder, and also make sure April August first is coming out soon. So get ready for that cookout app. It's gonna be lit. We're gonna be on there. And uh, that's- August first, did you say? I'm in October first. Oh, I was like, mm, <laughs> I got news for you, bud. <laughs> I don't know how time works. Technically. <laughs> Angela, I am in the future compared to you. I'm a day ahead of you. That is true. You are a traveler through time and you do exist in a different, you know, universe than I do. And you know what? It's just as shitty as it is here. So just get ready because it doesn't get <laughs> any like, better. Let me tell you, nothing gets nothing better. Gets better. <laughs> within, a, within a nine hour time difference, nothing gets better. It somehow gets worse. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> get there, kid. <laughs> right. and, uh, well, that's well, it for us. Bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was it. <laughs>